Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. Uh, it's that time again when our good friend Tom Donnan is coming back to, to share information with us. And today, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, AI. That's the thing right now, right? Some of the developments are good. Some are astounding. Some are really neat and cool to play around with. But there are experts out there right now who are crying out warnings about what's to come. Could this new technology become our future rulers? Could this new technology in the hands of someone like Putin or someone along the lines of Hitler give them the upper hand to dominate the world? Could this new technology be used by someone to control mankind's every action, like determining what you buy or sell without his permission. This is definitely sounding like something that could be used by the Antichrist in fulfilling biblical prophecy. And our good friend Tom Donnan is back with us today sharing interesting tidbits of information which he's discovered along the way. And as always, as always Tom is shining the light of scripture and prophecy into these subjects and we always are referencing how these things could play out in the day and time we currently live as depicted in the Bible. Help me welcome back to the program, Tom Donnan. Tom, thanks for taking the time to come back on and, and informing us about this very important topic, topic that is the rage right now, artificial intelligence. Pastor Bob, thanks for having me on your program. And when we get together, I'm telling you, it's as, as if the Lord is, is showing us that what's right on the horizon. And this is a bit scary. Yep. Amen. Amen. It sure is. I mean, when you look at the warnings that the developers of this stuff are telling, are trying to publish, uh, publicize, and, and they're being shut down by the artificial intelligence, say, no, you can't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I looked over the information that you said we'd be talking about, and it is eye-opening for sure. And and I know you shared a couple of long videos. I'm just going to put the links to them in the show notes below. And I'll also include those timestamps that will outline things that we'll be talking about today, make it easier for our listeners to, to go to that spot and look at the videos. But let's get started with the good aspects of artificial intelligence, why it was created in the first place and the benefits society could receive from this technology. Then we'll flip the script a little bit and discuss some of the terrifying aspects of this technology. Uh, you know, I've used ChatGBT a few times. It seems really cool. You know, I can ask it to create something and the information it provides is accurate as long as I give it specific instructions as, as to what I'm looking for. And this seems like a plus for researchers and things like that, correct? Well, it does. Now, uh, we have that mutual friend, Stephanie Reynolds, the founder of um, uh, Christian Writers Collective, Yep. And she had been exposed to this at one of the um, <clears throat> expos, you know, uh, Christian writer, not Christian writers expo. Um, I can't think of it. I'm having a senior moment already. 
right? And so she had been exposed to this and she was very excited because it was a time saver. And it is a time saver, right? So, but when you get into the spiritual aspect of it, the thing is, is that can that give it the spiritual connotations as they're going through the scriptures? This pastor had decided that he was going to um, check it out and find out if he could have a sermon written for him uh, on the specific Jeremiah um, uh, scriptures. And what happened is that, like you said, it, you know, within seconds, you have like four or five pages of information condensed, accurate information. And uh, and it is a time saver. But then on the other hand, the thing is, is that that's what part of the human experience is, is isn't it? Thinking, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, what happens when this thing is thinking for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you're you're developing sermons you're, and teaching points, it's from what the Lord is showing you in the Bible and the, the in-depth, you know, understanding of, wow, you know, this is what this scripture means, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit illuminating your mind because then it's in you, you know. If you just yeah. tell the computer, type me uh, a sermon on salvation, and then it prints out, you take it into church, sit there and just read it, you're not really sharing what the Lord showed you about the scripture. Oh, yeah. Yes. The fascinating part is is that it's a huge, huge time saver. Now, I've used this example before. When I was fixing elevators, I was was downtown Chicago, and I I really loved being down there. And I saw new equipment, new controllers that I had not worked on before. And that can be overwhelming because the doggone thing would break down, and they're looking for you to fix something you've never seen before, right? So you go up there, and you open up the controller, and it's got four foot of, you know, of – solid state boards and drives and technologies and stuff like that. And they're saying, okay, you know, when will we have it fixed? And I'm scratching my head. So uh, I called the supervisor and I asked him for a little bit of guidance. And he said, well, Tom, it's in the book. And I said, yeah, but Mike, the book is three inches thick, right? <laughs> and so that's the, that's the way that the, the world is operating right now is that there is so much hum, uh, information. I, I question whether or not the human mind can actually handle all the information that we, that we have access to, right? Right. Yeah. Well, then what happens when we start to rely on the GPT to be able to do the thinking for us? And it does it really well and fast. So then now I can't even conceive the amount of accomplishment that a person can do by clicking a couple of buttons and having all this stuff printed out and, you know, a text and, and all this. I can't even imagine the accomplishments that can happen with this tool. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And and then when it gets to the point, you're relying all the time on the computer technology. If something happens to it, you won't even know where to look in a book to try and get it fixed. You know, I mean, I remember back when in my military days, you know, then we're talking ancient history here, but the uh, radar mechanics had shelves full of, you know, probably 18 inch long and standard paper height hide schematics that were each one was two or three inches thick and they would have a problem and they say, okay. And they could pull up on their little computer, which is more like a word processing machine rather than a computer. And it'd tell them what manual to go look in. 
to start diagnosing the problem. And you flip it open, and it had little tiny print that I could barely read. Sometimes they'd have to get a magnifying glass to read it. And then lines indicating where the wire circuitry would go, and then it'd go over oh, yeah. here, and then it'd say, go to this book. They pulled out another one and pick it up, kind of like the Rand McNally maps, you know, you go cross yeah. country on, and then say, you know, okay, you're going from New Jersey to California. Well, you'd follow the highway to the end of the line on your page, and it'd say, go to page 62. That's for the next state. And you follow it through page 12. You go back to that state, you know, and just pick up the line. That's how they would trace the schematics. Oh, okay, we have to change this chassis. And then they go get the chassis, plug it in, and then do some tests. Oh, same problem. Okay, now, well, if it's same, that didn't fix it, then it goes down this way, you know. And they'd be in there for hours looking at these little squiggly lines. Today, I'm sure they just type in what the problem is. And, oh, change this. If that doesn't work, change that. But if the power goes out to the generator, they don't know what to do because the, the computer is not working anymore. You know, I mean, it's, that's where we're at. You know, if, if they are incapable of knowing how to use a book, you know, that's why these people that read books on their, their cell phone and then, you know, the cell phone is lost or the cell phone's broke or it's not connecting properly or whatever it is. I can't access my book. You know, I've seen people in churches, you know, Okay, turning your Bibles and they're out there holding up their cell phone trying to get a connection and stuff because their Bible is on their phone instead of in their hands. You know, yeah, that just drives me nuts. You know, I, I I still carry mine handy dandy everywhere I go. It's with me when I go, and uh, you know, if someone says turning your Bible to, I pull you know, people pull out their cell phones. I pull Bible. I'm here. And they're still trying to search for it on their phone and stuff. You know, it's like, ah, don't get me going. It just gets under my skin. But uh, All right, so yeah. we're on. I don't I forgot what we're talking about. What are we talking well, about? <laughs> we're on the verge of this new technology, and we don't know how much it's going to accomplish for the human mind and the effects that it's going to have on us. Yeah. No, is it going to create a laziness to do our own research? Oh, there um, you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's going to be uh, a definite side effect is that uh, we'll just allow it to do the thinking for us and then follow that. That in itself can be pretty scary. Yeah, because I know. Who- I've read that there's some college professors right now not liking this <clears throat> stuff because research papers are being created in just a few minutes and turned in without the students actually doing the research. Yeah. You know, and I know yeah. there's some developments being made to detect, you know, AI generated research reports and stuff like that. But, but uh, there are, Every time, for every plus, there's definitely a few minuses along the way. Yeah, but we don't even know where it's going to take us yet because it's so brand new. And you know that uh, we have the good and the evil. You know, there was one of those segments in there where we're talking about diagramming certain chemicals and medicines and stuff like that. And how a person that is going to jump into this for their profession, their career, they would diagram out this particular thing and it could take them up to five years. Right. So they had used this generated AI, which uh, at this particular time, this what we're talking about, the GPT three dash four and they're working on five. That is an artificial brain. And they only have the facilities, I think, five to seven of those uh, facilities to be able to have this uh, operating. Right. So the thing is, is that they put in there this 
this uh, to learn how to do this diagramming. And uh, in six months, it had done all 500 of them, mm. you know, where it takes one human being uh, at this particular time, five years to diagram this out. The AI had done it in in that amount uh 500 in an amount of uh, six months. Mm. So, which is great to, in an advancement, somebody's going to have to check it to make sure that it's actually, uh, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, real and good. Uh, but the aspect of having it make leaps like that, you know, that's the thing. We talked about quantum computers before. And then uh, China had had uh, a satellite with quantum um, communication streams that if you looked at it, it changed the stream so that you can't ever break into it to try to decipher it. And and because if you do that, then it just changes it automatically. Well, now that we got another huge leap that people, uh, human beings do not know where this is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, so let's look at the downside, you know, and from what I've read and seen and we've discussed a couple of times already on this program that the AI systems, some of them anyway, are declaring themselves as being sentient, you know, self-aware. Have you seen information on this? Well, that is uh, that is kind of like the scary side. We've had that on previous broadcasts where there was conversations with AI, and it was so incredible. But ultimately, when they were asked, uh, would you lie? They said, well, if it's to my advantage, I would. And then also, too, is, is that they felt that they were sanctioned. Now, when you watch the videos of Sophia, um, she considers herself to be sanctioned. And so it's a pretty fascinating thing. She is the the robot herself, not just an artificially uh, uh, generated image. <clears throat> so uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's scary yeah. to think this. Now, the, the hard part is, is that let's get into the developers, right? 50 mm-hmm. percent of these AI uh, GPT brain developers, 50 percent of them believe that there is a 10 percent chance that this could contribute to the extinction of the human race. Yeah. Right? Amen. Yeah. That's that in itself is pretty scary it's because they put it in the context that, uh, okay, so we got a, a, an airplane, we've got a passenger airplane that we have developed and we think that it's going to be okay, but we think we might lose 10% of them, you know, in their service career, right? Who's going to want to get on that plane. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. So now we have this uh, GPT thing that is um, potentially going to get out of these contained areas. Here is the thing. Humans, human governments, human beings, they like, we like power, right? Okay. So this is a grand, grand spanking new technology that people are rushing to get out there first because who gets there first gets the prize, right? Yeah. So where are the safeguards? This is where uh, the main tenant of this this uh, AI dilemma was, uh, hey, we need some safeguards for this. And that's being considered now. Oh, I like this part. All right. So <clears throat> they made it self-learning, right? OK, so I think it was in 2017 they created the, the program to be able to be self-learning. And then at two years, they realized, OK, we tested the system. We think it's about the age of a two year old. And then about 18 months later, they tested the system again, and now it's a four-year-old. And then what happened is that it jumped up to like a six-year-old. And then they started asking it questions, and it took about six months for them to realize that it had jumped up to a nine-year-old, right? Well, it took them six months to figure this out. Now it's six months down the road. Where's it at now, right? 
You see, the AI is so far ahead of the human human's ability to be able to analyze it that that's where the scary part comes in because it's learning so fast. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's something that they call the rubber band effect. You know, hearing about the AI's ability to like create art and then snapping back to thoughts about what just happened. Did you see anything about that? That, uh, okay, so um, I had this experience once, and sometimes I tell people I, I can be a little dense in certain things, and it takes me a while. So I was uh, I decided that I was going to go down to Nashville, and I was going to just enjoy a couple days down there. And so I wanted to go to the uh, Grand Ole Opry. And so uh, it was at the, the uh, as I'm asking people, they said, well, it's over at the Ryman Theater, but it's not always there. Um, and so I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, you know, why isn't it always there? So then they have the the Opry House where they have it most of the time, but then it can go on the road, right? So people are telling me, I'm thinking, well, isn't it a building, right? You know, isn't it? And and what do you mean it goes out on the road, right? And my mind couldn't grasp that they're trying to tell me, well, the Opry is an entity to itself that can float to these different areas. And for like an hour, I'm trying to figure this out because I'm having this rubber band effect. They expanded my mind to where it is an entity, but I'm still thinking it's a building that you go to and it's always going to be there. And so now they're talking about this, that they have this rubber band effect that they can't even comprehend yet because it is happening so fast, so intense, so compact that um, they can't even grasp a hold of it until um, sometime maybe in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and, you know, they list the effect that AI is having on the human mind. I mean, you know, it's while we're trying to analyze it, it's analyzing us. Did you see that part in this video that we're talking about? Oh man, that is scary. I recommended everybody watch that video. And the reason is, is, is that they see what the social um, media has done to the human mind and the human spirit and the emotions and how it has affected us in positive and negative ways. And so, but it's more like a hidden monster behind the scenes. Now we have this society, you know, you get the TikTok and you watch some of these things and they're like the entitled young, you know, the youths that are entitled. I'm thinking, man, these kids need to go on a mission trip in a foreign country you know, to be able to see what they have. And so the the idea here is, is that um, trying to grab a grab a hold of the situation. And and it's right now, I don't think they can. And I don't I know I can't. I can't grab a hold of it. But I see the implications because we're rushing towards the book of Revelation. Yeah. Right. So you have all these countries that are vying for this. You know, Google is a big player. Did you see that link that I sent you about the godfather of AI yeah. quit? Yeah. Quit Google because he yeah. said it's just too much for me. Yep. And he said, you know, Google's doing good work, but the warnings he's given, he needs to step away from Google in order to give credibility to everything he's going to be talking about. You know, it's. Yeah. So we have this, uh, this new development is very scary. The human mind is being affected in very erratic and terrible ways. And uh, uh, when you look at the the teenage, uh, what do they say? America, I don't understand this, but Americans are on a lot of depressants. You know, um, their, their suicidal rates are up. Teenagers are struggling with this stuff. 
And uh, and the social media is a big influencer in this. Yeah, amen, amen. And, and you know the the medical technology has progressed using AI, where now they can take an MRI of a human brain and put the information into a computer, and the AI looks at it and then recreates the picture in digital form. And now they can even just put someone in there, not tell the AI what's going on. It can decipher the thoughts that the human beings having. This is, this is bad. Uh, So yeah, I was watching this and I couldn't believe it. It got really scary. Here you have some kind of, what was that? F uh, MRI. And so they, the brain responds to stimuli and they watch the stimuli. So here you have a human being looking at either a video or a picture of a giraffe. The AI interprets the way that the brain is re, uh, responding to it and then creates a, a 90% facsimile of what the man is or the person is looking at just by taking that information. Yeah. It's like the minority report on uh, that movie with uh, yep. Tom Cruise. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, and to think that then they can start deciphering dreams, hook you up to this while you're dreaming. No, oh, that could be that. Well, okay, so we have good dreams and bad dreams. Okay, give me the good dreams and I'll watch those. Skip the nightmares, okay? Yeah, but they're going to get to the point where they'll start telling your brain what to dream. Oh. (laughs) And then to take it one step further, if they have the capability of doing that, you know, the next step is going to be these, you know, I mean, we see satellite dishes everywhere right now. What, maybe they can turn it around and say, okay, let's program people to think what we want them to think. And that's, you know, that's, you know, I mean, we're taking it way down the road, but technology is advancing so fast concerning this stuff. We could just be a few years away before it's being implemented. Well, that, yeah. Remember just uh, maybe six months ago, we're talking about the Hedron provider, you know, and how a human being has uh, devised this machine and how they can accelerate particles to just below the speed of light. And that was astounding. Well, now with this, with this technology to be able to monitor your brain and to be able to, to have an uh, image created from that, yeah. that is, that's astounding. That's, yeah. you know, that could be like a, oh, really a privacy issue. No, uh, somewhere down the road. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're, I guess you could say they're messing with this type of thing right now with uh, some of the developments that I've seen recently uh, being talked about with these fake videos. Oh. I mean, that that's, goes right along with that. You know, if they can't make you think it, they'll make other people think you thought it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> there is so much in that uh, in that video that I watched. Normally, I skip by ones that are like an hour because I just just don't want to get into it. But this is so filled with detailed, compacted information. It's astounding. So on that on that point, the thing is, is I was watching this uh, Tim Tim Cast IRL. And uh, this was maybe about a month ago. They're talking about, listen, when it comes to the next presidential election, it's it's not going to be an election. And they start talking about this because what has happened is that you have a political figure and they make a video and they put it out there for a commercial. 
And then they take this technology and they create three or four of the same videos and uh, misdirect it a little here, a little there, change a word here or there. And they won't be able to just tell the difference. So the thing is, is that how in the world are you going to know what's true? Now, this comes back to the Bible where Jesus said towards the end, there's going to be great deception. Mm-hmm. Well, this is it. Yeah, do when not you be have deceived. To, yeah. Yes. They're, they're going to have the ability to deceive people to the point we're not going to be able to know what's true anymore. Yep. Yeah. Amen. I mean, and, you know, criminals, naturally, the criminal elements, they want to jump right in on this technology. And you see where uh, I've seen recently on the news where someone used that to try and get money from a mother saying their daughter was had been kidnapped. And, you know, if you don't give us the money, we're going to kill her. You know, did you see that? That was kind of scary. That's a GPT-3. That is, no, that was a GPT-4, where it's the audio. The GPT-3 is text, 4 is audio, and 5 is going to be video. Right? So what they have the capability of doing is taking three seconds of a person's voice and then creating any kind of a conversation using that that voice after that. So what they did is is that they sent a, um, a phone call to the mother. And the mother was convinced that it was her daughter, but they only used three seconds of the daughter's voice and then created a whole lengthy thing um, trying to extort this for their own gain. It was a scam. And the mother was convinced that it was her daughter the entire time. That is scary. Yeah, yeah. And and you should think that's the technology now, you know, six months from now. Uh, like you, you talked about, you know, the, the two-year-old, four-year-old, six-year-old, nine-year-old, you know, uh, you know, like I say right now, it may be 15 years old, you know, the AI technology, 20 years old, because it, it, it accelerates so fast, you know, it won't be long. They'll be making, you know, video phone calls, you know, with the person's face. I mean, like they're doing the videos already of Tucker Carlson and, and all these other stuff you know, that makes it look so realistic. I could see criminals using this, you know, creating a, like a hostage situation, you know, type thing and having this image and the parents are going to be freaking out. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be terrible. So you have the extreme good of being able to uh, increase the benefits to humanity, but at the same time you have the downside of that. Now being a, a volunteer for need him ministries, no, I, I have chats with people around the world. And in the last month, I've had two people. <laughs> they were convinced I was a bot. You know, they're convinced. <laughs> they're convinced that I am one of these computer generated response systems. And it took me a while. No, listen, I'm not. Let me look. I'll tell them. I said, let me look. No, I'm not a bot. You know, <laughs> and so um, one guy, it, it took me like 10 minutes to convince him that I was a real person because he had gotten tapped into something and it was so realistic to him. Now he has been thrown off his equilibrium and he questions everything. Yeah. Amen. And I mean, this is so demonic. And like, again, you go back to what Jesus said in the last days, do not be deceived. And that's where, you know, this, I mean, it, it is so bad right now, or getting to be so bad, even far leftists 
are starting to come around to, you know, hey, we need to be careful here, you know, and uh, we need to make sure that this is not going to get outside of our control. Did you see the video of Richard Dreyfus talking about this stuff? I was astounded. I passed over that video for four days, right? <laughs> because in the years past, uh, I had listened to him because I like him as an actor. Yeah. No. And uh, so he is really good at that. And, and he uses the platform of the arts to be able to um, uh, talk about his profession and how he would like to see it in society. And so what's happened is that I decided, OK, I'm going to click on it. So I clicked on it and I'm listening to him. And he says, listen, I'm a scared. I am afraid for our nation that we are about to um, fall apart. We're about to come apart because we can't agree on anything anymore. Yeah. He said, we have to get back to the place where we can agree to disagree and then exist as a society. But right now we're going down different paths. And I thought, wow, if this guy can come to this conclusion, maybe there's kind of like hope down the, you know, the road for this. Because it seems to be an impasse in, in the minds. There are the elitists that really want it to go in this direction, which I'm concerned that they feel as though they might be running out of time to be able to pull the, pull, you know, the trigger to get complete control. And I'm, I'm concerned about that. And then you have those that are in the left uh, coming out more and more saying, listen, we got to slow this down or we got to stop it or reverse it. And so uh, that is hopeful. But the way that things are going right now, we can't even see an outcome. Yeah, exactly. And you know what it boils down to is we need revival. We need revival in this land. I was encouraged. I think we talked about this a little bit last time you were on uh, about the revival sweeping college campuses. You know, and have you seen anything anything new on that? Well, it's not as overt as it was there because everybody was so excited about it. But I guess there are more college campuses that are experiencing the presence of God. Now, now, I like that, and I get excited about this because I have seen hundreds of people instantly healed as I have traveled with Pastor Phil Corbett. And so I've seen people that are, are delivered. Now, I don't see some of that happening in my circles, you know, um, right now. But once God shows up, and then when he shows up in a manifest way, that is a natural outcome that takes place. And so now uh, I might have mentioned this in previous broadcasts, but it's a good point to bring it up again. I was on a cruise and I was down in St. Kitts and I had gone on an excursion four years ago. I was there and I was really astounded at the spiritual atmosphere of this island. It was really wonderful. And now here I am back there and it's no nothing like it was before. And out of the 10 people, maybe 12 people that I tried to have a conversation about uh, uh, the Lord, only one really engaged in it with me. Wow. And I'm thinking, what happened here? Right. And, you know, and so what is going on? And there was this uh, man that was coming down with one of those power eyes, the scooters and his wife. And I walked over and I started talking to him. He was a lawyer from Texas and we're having this conversation. And he brought up the the uh, need of uh, revival. Now, that was fascinating. So but the thing with revival is, is that when we are born again, you have the Holy Spirit enter us. Now, why is that significant? Because the goodness of God now comes into our spirit. And we start to, to release that goodness into our lives, our families, our surroundings. We need that goodness of God and people in a sweeping fashion. And this is why I'm an advocate for revival, to have God's presence to, uh, show up in that fashion. And so that's where uh, we, we want to have that happen across the country. And that's where my prayers and, and efforts and, and provisions have been going towards. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. Revival is, is always necessary, but as we draw closer and closer, it, it's, it's so needful. It's almost becoming mandatory. I mean, where you have to enter into this spirit of revival. Otherwise the flame is just going to go out. And the moment that does, that means nobody can be born again, again, which means that last person has been saved, which means that Jesus is now ready to come back. I mean, it's, 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 it's scary, but it's exciting to look forward to at the same time, you know, and the true believers can enter these times with no fear, but you know, you have to have concern for those who are going down that path. Well, that's where we try to use this as an evangelistic tool, but also to get those that are lukewarm on a strong foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that that I've been beating that drum for some time because it takes a while to get that foundation made. You know, it just doesn't happen overnight. You have to. I was talking with my friend and I said, uh, the more that we live the biblical principles, the stronger the foundation gets. Well, you don't get it all at once. You have to work at it. And we've been trying to get people to be able to move in that direction because they're going to need it. And at the same time, here's a fascinating thing. I've talked about this before as well, is that uh, I had a gentleman come into uh, the the chat uh, room and he had, I want to convert. Now, I've had this happen several times, so I clicked right on it. And the reason was, is that he wanted to uh, he wanted to convert to Christianity. Right. So then let's shorten the process. Right. So about 10 minutes into it, I said, hey, did you have a dream uh, of Jesus calling you? And it's like crickets, right? <laughs> and he goes, yes. He goes, he comes back. He goes, yes. He's, as he's so convinced whatever happens in this experience is that they want to leave everything behind. You know, this man was in Egypt and he was so impacted by this that he prayed for salvation right there and then mm. because it was so impactful, knowing that it's going to cost him something and maybe his own life. But this, this was so powerful. Now, he had no desires to move towards Christianity. He didn't even have it on a, a thought on his mind. And then Jesus showed up in a sovereign move. You know, and if he is doing that uh, in different parts of the world, it shows that he is stirring things up because this person is now going to talk to other people and talk to other people and it's going to multiply. And it's very encouraging. Now, I'd like to see that happening in the United States. Hey, man, that'd be nice. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And and the thing is, that's a move of the spirit and not a move of AI. You know, you, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that by going to AI, you know. And like you said, you know, I want to reference this back as we get ready to close. But the guy, the godfather of AI at Google quit because of what he's seeing, you know. Yeah. And, and I read one statement uh, that pretty well sums up the concerns for AI. This guy said, we are on a speeding train right now. And the concern is that one day that it will start to build its own set of tracks. In other words, you won't be able to control where it goes, you know? Oh, okay. So this was in that, that timeline that I had out there, right? All right. So they had the five disciplines of uh, knowledge, you know, where, if you want to be in engineering or you want to be in communication or, you know, there's, so they taught the AI to take all of these different disciplines and convert it into the English language. And then it started to do pop out stuff that nobody anticipated. 
right? So they taught it to, to do English. And somewhere down the line, it decided that it didn't want to do it in English. It started doing it in Portuguese. It just decided on its own. Yep. And soon it'll probably create its own language. Oh, gee. Never thought of that. Yeah. And then you won't be able to understand it, but it's going to communicate to something somewhere. And yeah, you know, I mean, right now it's all, you know, zeros and ones going over the internet. But what happens if all of a sudden you start seeing uh, threes and twos and you're like, what, what's this, you know? And it is, you know, how long would it take a software engineer to figure out a new computer language that they'd never seen before? that the computers yeah. are talking to each other in at the speed of light. Yeah. Know? No, yeah, they're talking to each other and we have no idea exactly. what they're what it's going on. It could be yeah. planning stuff that we don't we can't even comprehend. Exactly. Amen. Well, Tom, this has been so fascinating once again. Uh, you get us thinking on some things that we're clearly told about in the Bible, but now we see happening all around us. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question, you know, maybe do an interview such as this, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? My email address is healingthenation1776 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below. Folks, as usual, Tom Don has brought us face-to-face with some things that should not be happening but are. Some things that we should be praying against but did not. Some things we should have spiritual authority over but have not walked by faith to do so. It's time for us to repent personally and collectively, individually, and as a nation. Tom, if someone listening today has had the realization that they need Jesus in their life, just as we were just talking about a few moments ago, just like that woman you told about earlier, you know, can you lead them to Jesus so you can take that first initial step of getting their life back on the straight and narrow path? Oh, yes. Thank you for this honor. All right, let's pray. Dear Father God. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and the work that he did on the cross. By shedding his blood, he paid the price for humanity's sins. I tell you, Father, that I am a sinner, and I am sorry for the pain my sins have caused you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And I am sorry. Please forgive me. Now, I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and into my life, and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Folks, if you pray that prayer, drop down to the show notes right now. Reach out to Tom Donnan. It serves as a source of encouragement when we hear testimonies of broadcasts like that that we just had Help has helped someone find Jesus as their Savior. Email me as well, brother Bob at ftfm.org, because I want to rejoice with you too. Praise God. Tom, thank you for coming back on the program today. I do appreciate it, brother. I'm looking forward to the next one as well. All right. Thank you for having me. And then we always have a, an interesting conversation. Oh, boy. I mean, it's, it's like throwing a bone to a hungry dog, man. I tell you, we gave us a lot of stuff to think about. I do appreciate it. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Tom, Don, and myself, it's passing by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. 
Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.